Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. April is here, and that means it's time for basketball playoffs. You can use our promo code BLEAVE50, B-L-E-A-V, Five zero to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the link in the description to this episode. Then you can use that 50% welcome bonus at Bet Online Sportsbook to place a plus 6,000 bet on my Sacramento Kings to light the beam and win the NBA championship. Bet Online, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However, and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of the Take It Easy podcast live on the Believe Podcast Network, except it isn't live because it is, as always, a podcast. It is the 1,200th podcast here on the Take It Easy podcast. We are continuing, continuing our daily stretch of podcasts throwing on a microphone talking for 45 minutes a day I consistently joke that some people go to the gym for 45 minutes a day and work out I turn on a microphone and talk for 45 minutes a day it makes me really good at doing this sports talk radio thing and it makes me a scrawny 170 pound six foot two Chet Holmgren looking guy So thanks for stopping in to our 1,200th episode of the Take It Easy podcast. I'm Kyle. You guys know me by now. Hope y'all are having a fantabulous day, however and whenever it is you might be listening. It's Thursday, April 13th, according to my count. It may not be that according to your count. It might be a Friday. It might be a Saturday. It might be a Sunday. If it is a Sunday and you may be listening to this show, it means that you have already partaken in Game 1 of the NBA playoff round one weekend extravaganza where eight playoff series will get underway in the span of two days. It is one of the most fun days on the NBA calendar and I am incredibly, incredibly excited for this year's first round of the NBA playoffs. If you want all of the breakdown of the play-in tournament, you can catch that on yesterday's episode. It was recorded before the end of the Timberwolves and Lakers game, so I will say we didn't get to react to just how stupid that Timberwolves-Lakers game was and Anthony Edwards, man, you cannot go two for 14 in a play-in game against the Lakers that they were handing to you. They handed the game to you on a silver platter. Anthony Edwards, all you have to do is just not be abjectly terrible on offense, shooting 14% from the field in regulation, 
and the Minnesota Timberwolves would have gotten away with a win that I was hoping they would get. It would have been so funny if Rudy Gobert had gotten suspended and Jaden McDaniels had punched his hand and gone out and Nas Reed had been out for a while and the Timberwolves ran off this incredible stretch of going from being the nine seed when Rudy Gobert punched Kyle Anderson to all of a sudden being the seven seed in the play in the playoffs of the West. It just would have been so perfect. It would have been a perfect LOL sports anarchist, which is something that I root for. I cheer for anarchy in sports. It would have been such a sports anarchist moment if the Timberwolves had gone on a run of two straight wins to beat the LeBron James, Anthony Davis Lakers to get to the seven seed in the West, which they probably should have if Anthony Edwards just doesn't go two for 14 from the field. And you know what, Anthony Edwards, because you had such a terrible game against the Lakers, we are not going to play your parody song that we wrote last year after you won the play in round game against the Los Angeles Clippers and jumped up on the table and cried and hugged and did all that stuff because you were so abjectly terrible we're not gonna play your play in your your anthony edwards ant-man parody song that we played yesterday on the show like four times so if you do want to hear the parody song check out yesterday's episode this is this is punishment for you anthony edwards instead we're going to play the i love la song why because one of these teams actually wanted to get the seven seed in the western conference and it was lebron james and dennis schroeder and the lakers the lakers came back from 15 points down in a game that you had locked up no no the lakers won so now we're going to play the i love la song because the lakers happen to be the team who's in the play and uh, who's the seven seed in the western conference now instead of the timberwolves and anthony edwards who decided to go two for freaking 14 why did i say freaking two for fucking 14 So yeah, that's the play in decided. We'll talk about the other scenarios tomorrow. What I wanted to talk about today is the first round matchups in the NBA playoff. Because last Friday, we did our NBA nerds playoff preview, which was we didn't know all the teams in the playoff, but the regular season was basically over. Teams were resting, fighting for playoff position. Games that just had very little meaning the last weekend of the season. And... We did our NBA Nerds playoff preview, talked about the, what the data says from the start of the season to the All-Star break, from the All-Star break to the end of the regular season, and then put the full regular season together to evaluate who the best teams in the sport were based on nerd statistics like SRS rankings, which is basically if a team played a league average opponent on a neutral court, what would the point spread be of that game? Or... A statistic like net rating for team or expected win-loss record. We pulled out all the nerd stats and went team by team. So if you want to check out the best teams in the NBA playoffs, the teams that are rising, falling, all that stuff, last Friday's episode is the place to go. Wednesday, we talked about the play-in tournament and the teams that are part of that. We did uh, some eulogies for teams that went home, like the Portland Trailblazers, the Washington Wizards, the Utah Jazz, 
Today, I want to focus in on the first round matchups specifically, because as we go through the week, we're going to be talking about game by game situations and updating some of the wild, wacky stuff that's going on in the NBA. Probably not every day. We'll mix in some NFL draft, like we've got a mock draft lined up next week. We've got some guests joining us to talk about some specific series. And also, it's the first round of the playoffs, so half of the series, you already know what the results are going to be anyways. I'll do it right now for you. Uh, Celtics in five against the Atlanta Hawks. Maybe uh, maybe they win it in four, but let's say Celtics in five. Uh, Bucks in four and a half against whoever they play. Maybe it'll be four, maybe it'll be five. Semantics are either way. Whoever the Bucks play in the first round, they'll win in either four or five games. Uh, 76ers in four and a half. It'll whether it's four or five is semantics between the 76ers and Brooklyn. 76ers are going to wipe the floor with the Brooklyn Nets, and Denver Nuggets are going to beat whoever plays in the seven seed game. Uh, whoever gets the eight seed in the Western Conference, whether it's the Timberwolves, Pelicans, or Thunder, because we're recording this before the play in game on or the yeah, the 9 10 game, the Greg Popovich Memorial 9 10 game on Wednesday. So Whoever the team ends up being, Thunder will wipe the floor with them. Five games, go home, get set for their first-round matchup. So, obviously, four of the first-round series every year are a wash. It's just because there aren't enough good teams in the NBA, and across a seven-game series, usually the best team rises to the top. So every year, four or five of the series, you already know the result. It's not going to be super entertaining basketball. Every so often... The first round of the NBA playoffs delivers us a classic. It's so weird, but my favorite playoff series in uh, like the last five years was the 2018 Indiana Pacers as a four seed against the five seed Cleveland Cavaliers. This was the last LeBron team in Cleveland that had no business making the finals and LeBron just carried them to the championship. They were seven game they were in a game 7 against the Pacers during that 2018 season and that series was wild and fun. It was Bogd- uh, Boyan Bogdanovich turning into a number 2 scoring threat. It was Demo- or it was Victor Oladipo putting up the performance he had. It was just fun and entertaining it was a great great series between indiana and cleveland that year and so every couple years there's a first round series that just delivers seven games epic battles back and forth in the bubble it was that denver nuggets and utah jazz series i don't know if you remember that where donovan mitchell and jamal murray were trading 50 point games and game seven came down to the last shot in like a 78 to 80 game which was really weird given how high scoring and wild the series had been before in 2021, it was the Denver Nuggets and Portland Trailblazers series. Granted, the Nuggets won in either five or six games, but there was that one game in the series where Damian Lillard scored the last 24 points, put up an ungodly performance to force overtime, then put up an ungodly comeback in overtime, scored every Blazer point to force double overtime. It was one of the greatest basketball games I've ever seen played, and Every couple years, the NBA first round delivers us a series, an epic all-timer of a series, and 
This year, I think we just might have our epic all-timer of a series. There's two options it could be. One of them is Clippers and Suns. Now, Clippers and Suns is neutered a little bit just because we don't know who's going to be there. We anticipate Kevin Durant's going to be fully healthy. We anticipate Chris Paul's going to be fully healthy. Can't bet on them to make it through the series. Given Kevin Durant's not, uh, Kevin Durant's playing, but he's not playing fully right. I mean, he's still dealing with the injury that he had, the, the freak slip on the court where he sprained his ankle. So he's still dealing with that injury. Chris Paul's missed a, a couple games this year with various injuries. So. You know, we're going to assume all the Suns are going to play. And for the Clippers, we just have no idea if Paul George is going to play. Like, Paul George is clearly rushing back from a six to eight week injury, if not longer than that, in three weeks to try and play at some point in this series. And without Paul George, I mean, I say without Paul George, they don't have a chance, but like the Clippers lost Kawhi Leonard two years ago and came back to beat the Utah Jazz in that series. So I don't want to say like, oh, you can't, there's no chance for them because I don't think that's necessarily true. But without Paul George, the odds of that series becoming a quote unquote instant classic gets decreased a little bit. But I think the best matchup is Golden State and Sacramento. And if I'm, if I'm, if you're looking for a first round matchup that will stand the test of time, Golden State Sacramento is your series because. When we were going through March Madness, and I say this all the time, stakes and storylines are what drive interest in sports. Stakes and storylines are the two things that you need to get people interested in sports. Doesn't matter what sport it is, doesn't matter what league it is, if you get people invested in the storylines and you add stakes, you're going to get people interested in your sports. And one of the things that I've evolved on that take over the years is that there are basically five tools when it comes to creating like what is an all-time sporting event. Like what is a sporting event that will stand the test of time because it was uh, not necessarily perfect, but call it five stars out of five stars. And the stars are stakes, storylines, entertainment, action, drama. If you can add stakes, storylines, entertainment, action, and drama you've got yourself a five-star sporting event. Gonzaga-UCLA, five-star sporting event. Single-game elimination. The storylines of the two best programs in all of the West Coast in the last 20 years of college basketball. Entertaining, high-scoring game with runs by both teams. I think at one point Gonzaga went 14-0, then UCLA went 14-0. Gonzaga went 11-3, UCLA went 8-0 or 9-0. Is super entertaining, had action all the way through. Uh, UCLA gets a 14-point lead, gives up a 14-point lead. Then at the end, down seven with a minute to play, come back to take the lead. And then you have drama. Last second shot from half court, goes in, wins it. Five-star sporting event, might stand the test of time. You've got those elements with Warriors and Kings. And granted, I'm up here in Sacramento. This is my first year working full-time in live sports since graduating college. I indirectly work for the Sacramento Kings. I work for the radio station that's partnered with the Sacramento Kings. I'm going to be producing the Sacramento Kings game on radio on Saturday. This game has at least three of the... No matter what, it already has three of the stars already set up. The way that the first game on Saturday might play out... 
that game one in Sacramento could be a five-star sporting event because you've already got the entertainment value. Golden State and Sacramento are two of the most prolific offenses in the NBA, and Sacramento has a bad defense, and the Golden State Warriors have a mid-defense. So you're going to get entertainment in that game. You're going to get Steph Curry bombing away from three-point range. The The Sacramento Kings are the highest, are the most efficient offense in the history of the NBA. And in the Golden State Warriors' last game of the season against a Portland team that was tanking outright, they put up 159 points in regulation. 159 points. Steph Curry... Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson had 12 three-pointers in the first 15 minutes of the game. Clay Thompson hit five three-pointers in five minutes. Jordan Poole hit four three-pointers in the first quarter. Steph Curry had five on the game, like, and he didn't even play the last quarter and a half. Like, the Golden State Warriors are like need I say more one of the most entertaining basketball teams to ever be assembled even at the highest levels of the sport and the Golden State Warriors against this Sacramento Kings team is going to be thoroughly thoroughly entertaining you're gonna have all of the stakes associated with this game particularly from the Sacramento standpoint because I don't know how many people have been following this Golden State Warriors Sacramento Kings game one on Saturday It is the most expensive first-round ticket in the history of the NBA playoffs. To get in the door, it costs $400 for one ticket. To get in the door, upper deck, $400. Courtside tickets are $8,000. For this game one of the playoff. And there's an obvious reason why this is the case. It's the first playoff game in Sacramento since 2006. It's the first playoff game the Sacramento Kings have had in 17 years. And they're playing the Golden State Warriors. A team that is... Obviously, the four-time champions over the last eight years, but more specifically, a team that is underdogs against the Sacramento Kings. It's a not a rivalry in the sense that there's any history between the Warriors and the Kings. The Warriors and Kings were both sorry franchises for a long time, and as soon as the Golden State Warriors became the new Spurs, the Sacramento Kings endured the longest playoff drought in the history of the NBA. There is no history between the teams, despite the fact that the practice facility for the Warriors and the practice facility for the Kings are 90 minutes apart driving. There is no deep-seated rivalry, but the stakes are all there because of what that playoff drought means to Sacramento and what this first game is going to be like in Sacramento. It's going to be wild. We've talked all year about how this is a curse-breaking season for Sacramento. We got emotional talking about seeing all the people here in Sacramento celebrate making the playoffs and crying and hugging each other and hearing that final call with all the emotion of 17 years. And the Sacramento Kings had to fight to keep their team there. Like, they were 
as quoted by the, uh, I forgot the commissioner or the person trying to bid for the Seattle group to take the Kings and recreate the Supersonics, they were on the one-yard line with a deal to sell the Kings to a Seattle-based group led by a hedge fund person and Steve Ballmer and bring the Supersonics back to Seattle. They were on the one-yard line in in January of 2013, and by May of 2013, they had rallied to save the team and found a new ownership group for the Sacramento Kings. Like, the Kings were that close to leaving, and the, the fan base legitimately had to fight to keep the team and woo public pressure in the direction of the organization and get the financial backing of people to not only buy the team, but local businesses to invest in season ticket packages, sponsorships, suite level tickets, all sorts of stuff like that. And it's a really great story. There's a 30 for 30 that never got aired because the mayor, who's a central figure in the story, molested a 17-year-old and they did not want to paint that person in a positive light in a documentary. So the documentary ended up getting scrapped altogether the Sacramento Kings fought to keep that team and now eight years later, no, 10 years later, have been rewarded with a first playoff appearance in 17 years for a franchise that was stripping down to the ground to move to Anaheim, then looking to move to Virginia Beach, then on the one-yard line of moving to Seattle. They spent five years fighting to keep the team, got a stadium, got a new ownership group, got a stadium deal approved in Sacramento. Over the years, have continued to be poorly run as an organization under previous ownership and current ownership, and now, after 17 years, have finally crawled out of the darkness to get themselves into a playoff game one in a brand new stadium that nobody thought would be existing 10 years ago and so for the Sacramento Kings to have that game it's all of the storylines and that you could ask for and it's 17 years of emotion and 17 years of fighting to keep the team and 17 years of losing all piling up into one game it's a pretty big deal for both the stakes and the storyline. And you can get deeper into the storylines of the teams are just going to drive on buses back and forth to play in the first round. You've got the Warriors who are pretty much dead to rights. I mean, if the Warriors lose this series, maybe they'll bounce back and get close to a championship caliber team. But if this Warriors team loses, the Golden State Warriors as we know it are basically done. Draymond Green is going to be out of there. Clay Thompson is probably going to return, but they won't be competing for a championship while Clay continues to play. Maybe the young guys turn it around. Maybe Wiggins is still there, but uh, maybe Jordan Poole is still there, even though he hasn't really made the next leap to becoming a legitimate starter and has been a defensive liability for them for years. I mean, th- there's we don't know what the Warriors will look like after this season. And the Sacramento Kings could be the team that metaphorically takes the mantle from Golden State. Like all the stakes and storylines of that series and what would happen if that Warriors team loses creates the possibility for a a five-star basketball first-round playoff series. And again, it's hard to get those types of series in the first round. The matchups don't line up. 
there's very few teams that can compete against the one and two seeds. So mostly it comes from four fives or three six matchups. Teams who often lose in the second round. I mean, I mentioned that Cavaliers team in 2018. Obviously, they went on to win the Eastern Conference, but that Nuggets team that beat the Blazers got swept in the second round of the playoffs in 2021. That Nuggets team in the classic series against Utah in the bubble, that team lost in the conference finals. So it's hard to find those classic series that stand the test of time because they're just so entertaining and have so many storylines attached to them. Golden State and Sacramento is primed to be that series because you've already got a three-star series no matter what, and it's already hard enough to find a three-star series. I mean, I mentioned the the 76ers and the Nets earlier. I like That's either a one-star series or a no-star series. Granted, Kyle Kuzma's doing his best to try and derive some drama out of the Brooklyn Nets by just going scorched earth on Spencer Dinwiddie because Dinwiddie said on a on a Michelle Beadle and Chandler Parsons FanDuel show, um, said that Kyle Kuzma can't be the number three on even a good team. We're kind of seeing what's happening with the Wizards. Kyle Kuzma can't even be a number three on a good team. And just that one comment sent Kyle Kuzma on a six-tweet thread just scorching Spencer Dinwiddie and calling out the Brooklyn Nets and then saying, go 76ers. So, like hey, we're trying to get some storylines out of this series some way, somehow. At the same time, 76ers are just going to whop them. There's not a whole lot of stakes to it. 76ers are going to whop the Nets. They're going to be up 3-0 in that series. Just not a whole lot to that one. So a lot of these first-round matchups don't have even one star or two stars in our five stars of stakes, storylines, entertainment, drama, action. I can't guarantee drama and action in a series. Some series might be more probable to have drama and action, but I can't guarantee drama and action. We're going to have to watch the series play out to figure out whether we can get drama and action. But in terms of the three stars that get you invested in a series, entertainment value, stakes and storylines, I mean, this, this Warriors and Kings series has all of it. And even if you don't want to get deeply invested in like the underdog Sacramento Kings story and the losers who have finally made it to the mountaintop, broken the curse, and are now about to play their first playoff game, a playoff game that eight to ten years ago wasn't even imaginable for the Sacramento franchise. Like It wasn't even imaginable they would even have a team, nonetheless, playoff games at a brand new stadium. If you don't want to get invested in that storyline, you can get invested in the the mighty Golden State Warriors, the modern-day Spurs, revolutionizing basketball, changing the way the game is played, the same way the Spurs changed the game in the dead ball era between 1998 and 2011. Like You could point to the, the Warriors changing the game the same way the Spurs did, a revolutionary team that wins four championships in eight years. That Golden State team against a team that hasn't made the playoff in 17 years, a team whose only playoff experience is Kevin Herter's run in 2021 against the 76ers, Harrison Barnes' championship with the Warriors, and Matthew Dellavedova winning a championship with the Cavaliers one year after Steph Curry literally sent him to a hospital 
because of how hard Steph Curry played him in Game 3 of the 2015 Finals. I feel like we cannot emphasize enough that Matthew Dellavedova got sent to the hospital by Stephen Curry during an NBA Finals series. That's the only playoff experience the Sacramento Kings have. It's one Kevin Herter series, a Harrison Barnes championship, and Matthew Dellavedova. That Sacramento Kings team, wet behind the ears as some people might call them, minimal playoff experience with Mike Brown as the head coach who was the lead assistant for four years with Steve Kerr, won two or three championships with Golden State, including the one last year. That team is going to take on the Golden State Warriors and potentially end the Golden State Warriors as we know it. And if you're looking for a comparison to this, the 2011 Oklahoma City, or sorry, the 2012 Oklahoma City Thunder, which had a 23-year-old Kevin Durant, 22-year-old Russell Westbrook, 21-year-old James Harden. That Oklahoma City team beat Kobe Bryant in the first round. Or sorry, they beat Dirk Nowitzki in the first round, Kobe Bryant in the second round, and the San Antonio Spurs in the conference finals. Those were the last 12 Western Conference champions between 1998 and 2010. Every single Western Conference champion was either Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe Bryant, or the San Antonio Spurs. That Oklahoma City team with Kevin Durant beat Dallas in the first round with Dirk. And by the way, Dirk Nowitzki never won another playoff series after that season. Beat Kobe Bryant in the second round. By the way, Kobe Bryant never won a playoff series after that year. And then beat the San Antonio Spurs in the third round. That run that Oklahoma City is on is what Sacramento has the potential to do in that number three spot in the Western Conference. The reason I say that is because Sacramento, if the matchups break right for them, could beat the Golden State Warriors in the first round, defending champions, team that's won four in eight years, six Western Conference titles in eight seasons. They could beat the Golden State Warriors, and by the way, are favored to beat the Golden State Warriors in terms, not in terms of gambling, in terms of gambling, everyone's on the Warriors, but in terms of, um, in terms of uh, data, uh, I'm looking at playoffstatus.com, which is uh, one of these websites that does advanced analytics and playoff odds and clinching scenarios and uh, first round breakdowns. Sacramento Kings have a 54% chance of winning the series over the Golden State Warriors. Sacramento is a better team than Golden State. All the empirical evidence in regular season shows, with Wiggins, without Wiggins, whatever you want to point to, all the empirical evidence says the Sacramento Kings are better than the Golden State Warriors. Warriors have a better defense. Sacramento has a better offense. Sacramento has been a higher net rating consistently all season. Then the Golden State Warriors, at every step of the game, you could go to any date, net rating since any date in the season. The Sacramento Kings have been better than the Golden State Warriors. And the Sacramento Kings are favored in this series in terms of who is the better team on paper. It's the Sacramento Kings. Not by a ton, but it's still the Sacramento Kings. The team, the Sacramento Kings have the possibility to beat the Golden State Warriors beat the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and then get to the conference finals and play either Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant. There's a possibility that this 
team that doesn't have one of the 10 best players in the NBA that I've been saying all season is coasting on good vibes and lighting the beam, the Sacramento Kings, the good vibes team of 2023, has a chance to go on a run similar to the Oklahoma City Thunder in the early 2010s and wipe out eight years of champions in the Western Conference. Wipe out the Warriors, wipe out the Lakers, wipe out Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard. They have the possibility to go on that run. And by the way, against two of those three teams, they would be favored in a series. Against the Warriors and against the Lakers, they would be favored in that series. And granted, Memphis could do the same thing. Memphis plays the Lakers in the first round. They could wipe out LeBron. The Warriors could beat the Kings, and the Memphis could wipe out Golden State in the second round. Then they could get to the conference finals and beat Kevin Durant or Kawhi Leonard. Memphis can do the same thing as Sacramento. It would just be way more satisfying if it was Sacramento. Be way, way more satisfying if Sacramento were the team that put an end to eight years of Western Conference basketball between Durant, Kawhi, who both happen to be back in the Western Conference now. Both of them made detours to the East, but now are both back in the Western Conference after they played six times in eight years between the Spurs, Thunder, and Warriors days. You could take out LeBron, you could take out Kevin Durant, you could take out Kawhi Leonard, and you could take out Stephen Curry in one fell swoop. And isn't that a really interesting storyline to follow for both Memphis and Sacramento teams who are better than the Warriors, Clippers, and Lakers? Memphis and Sacramento, both better than all three of those teams. Are they better than the Suns and the Nuggets? And Maybe not, but besides the point, they're better than those other three teams that are 5, 6, and 7 in the Western Conference. Wouldn't it be really interesting to see either Memphis or more specifically Sacramento, wipe out eight years of Western Conference champions. I think it would be really interesting to watch that generational shift. I don't know if Demodis Sabonis is really part of any generation, because I don't think of him as being one of the 10 best players in the NBA. Maybe time will tell that Demodis Sabonis has been one of the 10 best players in the NBA for the past two or three seasons. I don't see it right now. I don't see him as a generational star. He's, he's more of an all the, the Kings are more of a two all-star team that is again coasting on good vibes and lighting the beam and having uh, a rookie in Keegan Murray who's about to be their number three next season be the number five just because of how their offenses run and how they operate with Sabonis as the I, they, people are calling him like Walmart Jokic but it's like Diet Jokic in the center of that offense and De'Aaron Fox being an all-star caliber point guard who can score. It's just very interesting to watch how the Sacramento Kings have built that offense this year and it'd be really interesting to see that team, like I keep saying, wipe out eight years of Western Conference champions. And if that ain't enough of a storyline and if those stakes of a Sacramento 17-year playoff run aren't enough to get you excited in a first-round series. The Suns and Clippers just might provide you one last Kevin Durant versus Kawhi Leonard battle. And anytime you can get a Kevin Durant versus Kawhi Leonard battle, you should put your eyes on that matchup. If you want to read all about the past Kevin Durant versus Kawhi Leonard matchups, which, by the way, quietly one of the better rivalries of the 2010s, you should read our book, 
It's called The Spurs Dynasty, and it's out now wherever you get books. There's links in the description to this episode that talk all about the six battles in eight years between Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard, both switching teams, meeting in the finals, conference final year after year, being the two best players in the West, or playing, being the best players on the two best teams in the West 10 years ago, and still to this day, battling it out in the Western Conference. You should check out our book. It's really good, and it talks all about the battles between Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio, Oklahoma City, and Golden State, as well as that one final battle between Toronto and Golden State in 2019. You should check out that book. Get invested in some more stakes and storylines before the NBA playoffs. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for stopping in here to the Take It Easy podcast. We've got episodes every single day, Monday through Friday, as well as wired up occasionally on Sundays. I've got a feeling that we just might have ourselves a wired up at some point here this week, given that game one of Warriors and Kings happens to fall on Saturday night. Thanks for stopping in, everybody. Thank you for all of your continued support of our dreams. I know I kind of shoehorned in the plug for the book, but if you are interested in the book, it's available now. You can buy it wherever you get books. There's a ebook version, so you can read it immediately, or if you want a physical copy, it should be coming in in about a week or so. So thank you for stopping in, everybody. It is always, always much appreciated. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. And in the meantime, as always, take it easy and light the beam. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.